Hello and welcome to Landscape Photography World, the podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show, talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes, dislikes and creative processes. This time I'm talking to Jenna Dixon about her amazing Canadian landscape images. Jenna has always loved the outdoors, but it wasn't until moving to the mountains that she realised her passion for raw, remote and rugged landscapes. Originally from Manitoba, Jenna moved to the Canadian Rockies two years ago with her camera in tow and has since logged thousands of kilometres trekking through the backcountry of numerous national parks around Alberta and British Columbia. These experiences have left her more grounded and appreciative of Canada's natural beauty in which she hopes to share with the world. With the Rockies as a stunning backdrop, there's no adventure too grand. As an adventure and travel photographer, expedition-style exploration is the way that she gets off the beaten path and into the rawness of nature. It's Jenna's goal to capture the unique and captivating stories of individuals that love to venture further and push their limits in the outdoors. Jenna works part-time in photography, balancing that with a busy schedule as a travelling nurse after finding her community amongst the grand landscapes of the Banff National Park. We discuss how photography came to be such a passion and how she's started to grow her photography career, along with a whole lot more. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Jenna. Welcome to Landscape Photography World. How's your day going? It's going very well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on today. Uh, thanks for uh, agreeing to uh, be a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you start with, uh, you know, who you are and what you do and why you do what you do? <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, my name is Jenna Dixon and I am a landscape and adventure photographer and I'm based in the beautiful Canadian Rockies um, of Canmore, Alberta, um, originally from a very small town in rural Manitoba. Uh-huh. Um yeah, the uh, photography journey was not a clear cut one. So um, it's been a transition and kind of a journey in itself, but it's been really exciting and, you know, a story of progression, I guess, and growth. And uh, today I work with commercial brands. I work with tourism boards, uh, mostly in Canada right now with, you know, the kind of pause of the world, although things are starting to open up. So hoping to go international soon and I do print publications, a little bit of NFTs and um, all the rest. So, yeah. Nice. Why don't you take me back to where it all began and uh, talk a little bit about (laughs) your your earliest photography memory? Sure. Um, My earliest photography memory. Do you want me to tell you the whole story of how I got to photography or just a short version? (laughs) We've we've got plenty of time. So, (laughs) Okay. I just think it's... um, there's so many layers to the story, you know, and when you look back and you sort of reflect on all the small parts that come to the sum of, of where I am now, it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to look back on because it definitely wasn't, you know, photography in itself, something that I really sought after right away. It wasn't this mm-hmm. clear cut vision. Um, and so to take it back, I feel like I've had three main passions in my life, photography being one, and I'll tie that in once I get to the other parts. But um, when I was growing up in rural Manitoba, my first kind of driving force was sport. That's was, I was full in on that. Mm -hmm. I was uh, cripplingly shy. I was very timid and um, I I had a lot of social anxiety and sort of, sort of threw myself into sport where, you know, the actions could speak louder than the words itself. And I could really 
put my head down and focus. I never really had the loudest voice. I didn't want to be involved in drama. I just wanted to work hard and try to be the best at whatever I could be. And, you know, those years and, and the payoff, I mean, I ended up getting a full ride scholarship to the States where I played multiple sports in university. And oh. I sort of had this path laid ahead of me of, of being an athlete. I was looking at playing internationally. Um, and that sort of all came to a halt when my mom actually got sick. And so I ended up leaving the States and coming home to support, um, to be there for my parents. I mean, my mom's the most important person in my life. And mm-hmm. I don't regret that for a single moment, but I feel like it really changed the course of where my life was headed and what I thought was going to be. Um, and so at that time, none of my studies translated back into Canada to just different systems. It was kind mm-hmm. of a nightmare. And, you know, where I came back in the, um, the university degrees that were offered to me were quite limiting just being in the small kind of, you know, rural area. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I chose nursing, which I really feel like I was meant to do, (laughs) but, but the the main reason I chose it was for the travel aspect and the fact that you could go anywhere and always have a job. Um, And that sort of takes me into my next passion, which was travel. You know, I finished off my university degree. I worked for my first year. I saved up all my money. And then I went on this solo backpacking trip all across the world. I spent every single penny and came home like broke. But it was the most (laughs) incredible experience I ever had in my life. And, you know, talk about putting yourself in this period of discomfort, especially being someone that really needed to challenge myself to like, you know, come into myself to gain that confidence and self-assurance. I really felt like that trip did it for me. And so I ended up um, going back to work because I needed to, but I would either quit or I would work and bunch all my shifts together um, to be able to experience sort of that international travel and just the way that it made me feel. And, you know, I never really felt like I fit into the constraints of the regular social, you know, especially where I lived, it was very conservative and people would work at their pension and, you know, get the house and, and have children. And that was sort of it. People didn't really travel a lot. And so I was a bit out of the norm and I would always get, you know, the, the pressure from my parents, well, maybe you should settle down a little bit, or maybe you should really focus on what this career means for you. And um, so I did, I, I tried it, you know, I, I ended up getting into an operating room course. Um, so with that, I would take a year's worth to be able to achieve this degree. And as a result, I would pay back two years of my life, <laughs> not my life, but two back, two years back of my career um, at that wow. hospital, sort of like a retainership program. Yep. And I think it was at this moment that I really felt like, okay, you know, I felt really stuck. Um, and I was in this very transitional period, I believe in my life where you know, things just weren't quite adding up. And I was kind of getting sick of doing everything that everybody told me to do. And I was like, what is it that you really want to do? And I would have these deep contemplation moments where I'd sit out at this hometown lake. It's it's Riding Mountain National Park in Manitoba, if you ever want to look it up. But it is insanely beautiful. Um, and being in Manitoba, we would always have this green band on the horizon at night, which is the Northern Lights. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I'd never shot a camera before. I never thought about picking one up. And it wasn't until I would sit there and look at those lights and wonder, like, what would it take to be able to capture that? And so I ended up going out. I bought my first camera. It was the Canon SL1. And I think I Googled a tutorial online or something, you know, how to capture Northern Lights or shoot astrophotography. And 
you know, it's funny because I clicked the shutter and just seeing the back of that screen, it went from zero to a hundred in an instant. And it was almost like this obsessive, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I was literally obsessed with chasing landscapes and, you know, I still quite young at the time, you know, late twenties, early thirties. And we were working nine to five and partying on the weekends. And as soon as I got that camera in my system, that's, you know, that's all I did. I just totally changed. Um, wow. And so thankfully that was the last year of that retainership program. And as soon as I, as soon as I finished, I quit my job. I um, bought a van, I rigged it out and I moved West. And so ended up travel nursing. And so that not only gave me the, um, you know, financial stability mm-hmm. um, and the job security that I needed, but it also gave me the flexibility to really focus in on my photography career. And that's sort of where I developed and honed in my skills and what I love to capture in landscapes, of course, became that I kind of dabbled with a different couple different genres, but always came back to um, these mountainous landscapes. And you know, I ended up moving to Canmore, um, Banff area, which is where I am today. That's where I found my home base and, you know, surrounded by this incredible community. Now they're all creatives and all like-minded individuals and really support one another. And so I really get to sort of, you know, combine all three passions now. And I'm not in sport necessarily competing, you know, against teams, but now I sort of compete against myself and I use these mountains as sort of these extreme sports and adventure to, tell a story through photography and I get to travel as well. So it's been really, been really fun. Yeah. So what, what is it about the landscape that really spoke to you that, you know, I guess you, you mentioned that you went from zero to a hundred, you know, what, <laughs> what, what, what exactly was it? Was it just a feeling? Was it, is it the mountains? Was, was, was it, you know, that, that I think experience? Initially, initially it was the feeling. It was really the feeling. And for me, there is always something about being up in the middle of the night. I mean, when you're young, you just do it anyways, but I just, I I loved it. It was, um, you know, this place where everything was silent and I could sit with my thoughts and, you know, capture the night sky or the scene in front of me. And I just never really thought that was possible before to, you know, see something with your own eyes and then see it back within a screen and know that you're the one who captured that. And I went into wildlife next and then it was landscapes. And I think for me with landscapes um, that really came to be when I moved out West and just some of the places that you can get to, um, you know, that are off the beaten path. And I think for me, the adventure and sort of the journey of these places is what captivates me the most. I did it before I was a photography photographer, sorry, you know, I did it through travel. And so for me now, that is like to be able to use that camera as an extension or a tool, you know, to be able to bring these landscapes back is, um, you know, that's the the thing that I love to do the most, I think. Fantastic. Yeah. So what is it that you're still chasing, I guess, in your photography? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't think that there's one particular thing that I'm chasing. I feel like I'm always chasing. Um, and for me you know, to speak for like motivation. Um, I think when I was younger, not to say that I wasted time, but I feel like I really missed out on a lot of experiences and opportunities just because I was too scared to say yes. And so when I finally got over that and when I finally was able to, I guess, pursue the passion without letting anything else stand in my way, I think that's sort of the motivating force is that, you know, I really want to, 
I just don't want to waste any time. I don't want to waste any more time. I just want to go for things. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think for me, it's like, as I get more versed and as you start to capture more where I am at the moment, I'm, I'm looking into mountaineering courses, you know, I've taken all the glacier rescue and crevice rescue courses. And, and so it's more about getting deeper and higher and, um, sort of really places no one else goes. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, not only do I hope to make them more accessible for people that may not be able to see them for themselves, but there's just something about that mind body connection, you know, Mm -hmm. and being able to, um, be in those situations in those landscapes with like the ale elements, you know, like winter is actually my favorite time to shoot the most uncomfortable time probably ever, but I don't know. There's something really raw and like wild and, um, just really, I come back with a sense of accomplishment and just knowing that I saw something that nobody else probably has seen before. I really, I love that feeling. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So what's your approach to photography in relation to, you know, recording an experience versus trying to create art out of it? What's the process? No, no, no. What's your approach? I mean, you... My approach. Are you are you out there to create an ex, you know just record an experience and say okay well this is a is true a record of what I can uh, what what I saw at the time or are you leaning more towards making it art or is it a blend of both? I think it's a blend of both for me. I am very inspired by those people that have like a certain vision in mind and that use post processing to you know to use it to the full degree that they can to come up with this creative vision, you know, to, to, to produce something um, otherworldly. But for me, I feel like I really love to keep the landscapes almost true to scene. And so I do work with a lot of color, a lot of split toming. Um, but the approach is, is more like almost documentive. And so, yes, I hope to achieve an art. Yes. And that is like the destination itself for that in yeah, right. that you sort of have that intention towards. But then I also love to capture the journey and the moments in between. And so I often come right. back with a myriad of, of photos and with different feels and different effects. And so I think that comes to play with, you know, sort of like the print and publication aspect. I love to write. And so, you know, I really like to, be able to tell the story and to be able to showcase the journey as well. And then, you know, maybe the destination or the art per se of what, you know, I, I hope to achieve and come back with that's more of a, a print per se, or maybe something that I use of more personal value. So yes, two different sort of methods and approaches, but they all sort of blend into one, I think. Okay. Are you trying to make unique scenes or more, or just, a, a more distinctive scene within the landscape genre? Um, I feel like a bit of both as well, because oftentimes if I am sort of, you know, asked to go out on different circumstances to capture a certain scene, you know, of course you're, you are producing for that. Um, but I think that there's joy in both. I think that there's joy in, in capturing the scene, you know, that might be, especially here in the Rockies, I mean, nothing's really that foreign unless you go deeper, of course, but it is something special to have in your portfolio of these places, you know, that, that are quite popular, but maybe you get them at the best light because you live here and you're able to go to these places time and time again. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But I feel like too, when you are going to some places deeper, you have to go a, a multiple amount of times. And so when you, when you visit these places and you see them at all times of the year in all different light, different opportunities and different landscapes, you know, sections of the landscapes start to speak to you. And so, yes, I feel like I do both again. I know that's a little bit of a, you know, <laughs> I oh, feel like awesome. I should be one or the other, but um, I honestly love to do both. So when I am going into these deeper and sort of more backcountry areas where they're a little bit tougher, um, I feel like those scenes are naturally just not as common. And so, yes, those will be more unique. Um, but with the rise of social media and Instagram and everything else, you know, nothing is that unique for that long before somebody else tries to get there. And so I guess that's the goal of always trying to push further is to continue to come back with those unique shots as well. Definitely. How would you yeah. describe your style? It's so funny because I, you know, people that look upon your work will often say you have a certain style. They say that to me and I feel like my style is always evolving and even looking back a couple of years ago, it's changed, but I think um, what people say they see as more of a consistent is likely the colors that I bring out. Mm -hmm. um, like I said before, I do a, a lot of split toning and I, and I do work a lot with color just to portray, I think, the emotion of how I felt when I was there. Yeah, right. And so, you know, some scenes come back quite moody and some scenes come back quite colorful. Of course, it depends on weather as well, but... Um, I have probably a little bit of a soft or more dreamy effect than too sharp. Um, I'm probably not, you know, the most technical. Mm -hmm. I, I know that I know the technique and I know, you know, the fundamentals, but I really try to like remain creative in not sticking to, you know, what should be or what has been taught to be. And right. so, um, yeah. So is, is that a, uh, I guess, you know, you've got your, your, your rules, as people call them, you know, your rules <laughs> and golden ratio and all the rest of that. Do you yeah. really go out and try to break those or is it more circumstantial that you'll go, okay, well, the feeling in this one really does need to break that rule? For me, it's a feeling. It's not that I necessarily try to break the rules. I think I just really try to let the landscape speak to me. And so what yeah. I see in that moment um, is what do I try to achieve? And, and depending on what you're focusing on at that particular time. How much do you think where you've decided to live has influenced the way you shoot as opposed to what you shoot? Obviously, mountain landscapes, lakes, forests, etc., yeah. are in abundance in, in that area. Yeah. Um, but how much do you think that's influenced the, and that landscape has influenced the, the way you actually shoot? I would say it just influences everything. Um, you know, being from Manitoba, it was like the flattest place in Canada. I mean, I shot nice. landscapes there, but they didn't necessarily excite me. And I feel like here there's no abundance. There's, there's an abundance, sorry, of, of that excitement. Like you never, I'm always inspired. I look out the window and I see mountains every day and I just, you know, I wonder what's, what's behind there or, you know, what do you see from the top? And so um, yeah, I feel like when you tie in adventure and like sort of the journey in itself, I feel like, yeah, that's the influence. And okay. so I've traveled, I've, you know, I 
wanted when I first started, I was like, I'm going to be this travel photographer. And I, and I did travel and I went to all these places and I, I use a drone and I've shot beaches and everything else, but there's something about the mountains that really speak to me. Um, I don't know if there's a curiosity or an inspiration with them, but um, they're my favorite thing to shoot in the world. And so now when I plan trips, I'm more, you know, cold weather environments, mountainous regions. Those are sort of what really appeal to me. Um, especially if I want to be intentional about the work I'm creating. So that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. So are you into photography full-time now or are you still working in nursing? As, as a, I am. How, how do you balance the two if you, if you are? <laughs> at the beginning, it was pretty challenging to balance. I'm not going to lie because, you know, I do shoot a lot of astrophotography. And so when you're up all night and you have to work the next morning, it's, mm. it's difficult. <laughs> Um, but it's interesting because I actually feel like the pandemic sort of put a hold on some things for me. Sure. Um, so the way that travel nursing works is that you will sign up for different contracts of varying lengths. Um, and so you are working full time and, and most times more than that during the period that you're there. Mm -hmm. But then you have sort of your own when you're finished, you kind of can do what you like. And so that has left me here in Canmore, but working casual per se at a hospital or at an operating room. And so I can sign up for shifts, but I don't have a specific line. And so it allows things to be flexible. Yeah. But right. when the pandemic hit, all of those shifts were canceled. And so being in the operating room, it was an interesting sort of state because they shut down essentially to make, you know, room for beds for you know, sick individuals that needed them. They couldn't have the stress of complications or whatnot on the healthcare system. And so, you know, even being a nurse at that stage, I, you know, I lost a lot of work, but it really allowed me to focus in on my photography business. And that's sort of where it really blossomed because I finally allowed myself the freedom and just, you know, to go full in. And so today I'm about 80% photography okay. and about 20% nursing. I will still travel on occasion, um, but mostly that is to, I will actually combine that almost with a tourism stint. So I'll go and work, I'll get my accommodations taken care of through my job. I will work full time for a certain amount of time. Um, and so I'll have that financial backing yeah. and then I'll often partner be, while I'm there, gain those connections with, you know, either tourism or different places around and, and be able to sort of work as a photographer afterwards, um, which is really exciting. But I don't know. I, I've held on to both for the time being, but I think the way that things are going right now, it's, it's, it probably won't be long that, you know, before I go full-time photography, okay. it's just right now, I, I like the balance of both. I like the creative, you know, part of, of being your own boss and the entrepreneurial, you know, business. Um, yeah. But I love the high achieving and the brilliant minds that you find in healthcare. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I really, I really desire and really love both. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've got the best of both worlds. For now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in terms, in terms of your photography work, what's the um, trajectory that you see yourself going on? And as it, uh, it sounds like that at some point you're going to potentially put nursing behind you and uh, get into this full time and, and go with it. How, how do you see yourself sort of, I mean, obviously the pandemic played a part, but how do you see that playing out in terms of the decision as to when to 
pull the pin on the on the nursing? Um, I think I think it's just going to be a feeling. I think I'll know it. I'm kind of getting to that place now where mm-hmm. it's getting harder and harder to go into work or to you know accept you know shifts or shortages that they're requiring me to sort of fill. Because once you sort of, yeah, get to a certain point in your business, it really requires you to be full in. And so I don't want to have to say no to opportunities um, that are coming in the photography world. And so when there becomes that sort of competition or that, you know, ultimatum one versus the other, I know I'll pick photography. And so I feel like it's coming very soon. Okay. Yeah. I'll look 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 forward to seeing that uh, that getting announced on Twitter soon then. <laughs> <laughs> so what what about the structure of how you've sort of started to build the business? What is what are the main elements that you're focusing on? What what sort of work are you taking on and uh, how you how do you see that sort of playing out and building for you? Well, um, I met my partner here actually in Canmore and, um, he is full time and Mm -hmm. he is a videographer. And so we are often pairing sort of our specialties together on different projects. And yes, that revolves heavily around tourism right now, just because the world is opening up and, you know, people want different, you know, packages or whatnot that they can use to promote or market specific areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that number, number one right now is kind of where, you know, the majority of our business is coming. Um, and then, you know, I've only now within the last year started doing more print publications, but I feel like that is something that I really enjoy and I want to focus more in on. Um, so when, when you say print publications, that's magazines and so forth. Yeah? Yes. And they're not honestly always the best paying, are they? Like, I'm sure that you no. know that. <laughs> I've, I've had a couple where it's kind of like, oh, is that it? <laughs> yeah, but there's something about having, I don't know, being able to open up a physical, be like no magazine and see either. Oh, I don't think there's anything. Your better. image or writing, there's nothing better. No. But, um, you know, Prints are a tough thing too. Um, mm, mm. There's times where that is booming and times where it's not, but we're actually planning on um, starting to roll out workshops um, in the Canadian oh. Rockies. There, it is a little bit saturated here, um, but at the same time, there's no shortage of people that are interested in coming. And so, yeah. you know, now that we've been here for a few years, it's always been something on our radar. And so we're trying to think more about that and maybe offering you know, something to do with video and something to do with photo too, and probably more around sort of the adventure or sort of um, more physical or demanding type of photography, not just the roadside events. Um, But to be honest, what I hope to sort of branch more into is video myself. There's always been something to me about like compelling stories or I don't know, just totally combining all elements of whether it be environmentalism or adventure or these landscapes, you know, I just, that's really something that appeals to me and something that I really hope to transition to into the future. And so it'll be documentive as well as creative, I guess you could say will be equal, right. equal hopes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, sounds <laughs> exciting. Yeah. In terms of uh, the travel that you're doing, how far, are you reaching out from the area that you're in in Canmore and are you 
sort of looking to go further now that things are opening up or are you going to continue to sort of stay in that area? Um, I think the hope, of, is, of course, is to continue to, um, you know, evolve and to branch out. And I mean, I've always loved to travel. And so that's, of course, something that I would love to combine with photography. And now that the world is opening up more, it's something that I used to do on my own personal time. But now, you know, running a business, it's something that I really hope to, um, you know, contribute in as well. And so for the time being, we've uh, we've been focusing more on mountainous regions. So um, out west, a lot near, you know, BC, Vancouver Island, and also the northern regions. So we've been spending a lot of time in the Yukon. Um, and to be honest, I would love to go more north. So Baffin yeah. Island. Okay. Um, there's something really special about working within Canada and to be able to, you know, see more of our country. I feel like you always travel out to see different things, but there's so much variety right here on our doorstep. And so um, while I hope to travel onwards and outwards, I do hope to continue seeing more of Canada. And so Northern, yes, but also um, East, hopefully to um, Labrador at some point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of exciting things in the works. It's just a matter of confirmation and, and things aligning, but we're sort of chasing um, different opportunities right now that really excite us. And so, yes, more landscape, more storytelling driven. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So in terms of the environment, um, have you noticed, you know, particularly around the, the, the Banff area and Canmore area, that there's been you know, with the advent of more people traveling because they've seen it on Instagram, they want to get the shot and that sort of thing. Have you seen, you know, uh, much in the way of um, damage to the environment? Um, a lot of disrespect. And I think that the damage will still come to light, I guess you could say. During the pandemic, especially, it was really interesting because, you know, not a lot of international people were coming because they couldn't, yeah. but it was our own local people that were spreading garbage, that were defacing different structures. And we do a lot of exploring during the winter. I was saying that earlier. And you would yeah. come to these incredible ice caves um, and they would be written messages within the walls and just oh, wow. things that really take away from the natural world. And, and it just, I just, you would see it more and more and more. And um, yeah, I think that's what really sort of eats at me is when the places are being disrespected and people aren't sort of, um, you know, using those no trace principles. And when you're finding garbage and different things when they shouldn't be and I don't know. It's just, it's, it's troubling. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally, totally get that. Um, yeah. Do you think the pandemic has changed your attitude towards traveling and photography? Um, I feel like I'm fortunate to have traveled a lot before the pandemic happened. And so I feel like I know what it was like to travel in that world, <laughs> but I don't know what it's like to travel in this new world. It's actually almost you know, there's a certain level of anxiety that I think that everybody goes through when they travel yeah. now. Um, but I don't think in terms of, of photography and how I capture or plan to capture things has changed much. I still want to see these places because 
I really crave new experiences and, and understanding cultures and, and seeing these landscapes in their best, you know, the best way that you can. So I don't think it's really, it's made me more excited to travel again because I haven't gone anywhere since 2019. Um, But I definitely think that, yeah, there's a different level of respect um, that goes with it too, because we were sort of denied that privilege for so many years. And so I think it actually makes it maybe a little bit more special. Um, So I'll have to let you know when I first go to my first international trip, I think it's going to, I think it's going to, yeah hit all the emotions in different ways so yeah i can see that i'm i'm just gearing up for my first uh, trip in about uh four years so uh it'll be okay. be interesting where are you going uh off to the uk my wife is uh from the uk so she hasn't seen her family now for for, for that long so it'll yeah. uh be a bit of family time also uh heading up the lake district and uh north wales to do a bit of photography as well so looking forward Very to exciting. it good for yeah. you I'm, I'm excited for you yeah. thank you <laughs> do you have a favorite spot that just keeps calling you back there is something about um mount robson provincial park it's in Berg Lake trail have you heard of that before i have yeah it, it's in british columbia and so it's about I want to say an hour past Jasper, so about four hours away from where I am. Sure. And it's multi-day trek. And um, I don't know there. I've done it at least five times now. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I've come back with any shots that I'm really proud of just because the weather, yeah. you know, like you just never know. But there's something about being there and just at every turn, the landscape changes and it just keeps getting better and better. You have glaciers and alpine lakes and, you know, one of the highest mountains in Canada being Mount yeah. Robson um you've got waterfalls like I don't there's just something really special about that place and you know it's 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 getting busier um I think they do say it's one of the best treks in the Canadian Rockies and I Mm -hmm. you know don't doubt it for a second um and yeah no matter how many times I go back I just I can't wait to go back again and so I think that's if I had to choose one off the top of my head that might be it for now fair enough Yeah. yeah what's your most memorable photography experience Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Actually, it's not it's not that difficult. Um, now that I think of it, November 4th, 2021. Wow. So not that many months ago. What, what time? <laughs> <laughs> Between midnight and 6 a.m. <laughs> so, you know, when I when I first got into photography, it was Northern Lights that really drew me, right? Like there was oh. something really special about that. And I've never lost that sort of love and passion for chasing northern lights is something that is still with me today and whenever there's any sort of data or activity that's promising i'm out there it doesn't matter if i sleep one hour or no hours you know like i'm i'm a bit like i said i'm a bit obsessive over the things that i really like i'm kind of full bore and full on yeah um but it had been a few days before so about a week straight where the data was looking good and just where we sit within sort of the Aurora belt, like just at the latitude we're at, like the storms are often in the North, right? They're more in the Yukon, Yellowknife, and it's pretty rare to see a solar storm greater than let's say like KP5. Normally it's in that KP3 to KP4 region where you'll see like a bit of green, but not like that full explosion in the sky. But it was on the fifth night, I believe, um, of chasing and I almost gave up 
And then yep. I decided to go out one more time and um, it was a KP8. And so I think that is like a G2 or G3 solar storm. That's yep. something you see in Iceland. Yeah. Um, the sky was pulsating. It was the most colorful like explosion of light I've ever seen. It was, that was definitely the highlight of my photography career. And so chase for eight hours straight. Yep. I went to some of them, you know, most of the, just being winter and whatnot and, and being, you know, a little bit unprepared. I didn't know that it was going to happen as much as it did. We, we yeah. sort of stuck to the more popular areas, I guess you could say, but at the same time, those are shots that you will never be able to replicate. And so I'm sure you're familiar with um, Vermilion Lakes in Banff National Park. Yep, yep. It faces Mount Rundle. It's a Southeast facing feature. And right. one of my favorite shots I've ever captured is of that night of the Northern Lights absolutely exploding over that wow. and so that they say is maybe a once in 20 year or you know decade type event mm -hmm. um, so to be able to have that in my portfolio is pretty exciting and i also got showed them over pato lake um, lake minnewanka and so it was i don't know it was very memorable i don't think i'll ever forget that night and i don't know if i'll ever see them that strong here again but um definitely kind of brought me full circle fantastic journey knowing that i'm in the right spot so yeah how about horror stories? Horror stories. <laughs> I feel like I have so many horror stories. <laughs> I do. I mean, that sort of like goes hand in hand with adventure photography as well as landscape because you're often, you know, pushing yourself to these physical and emotional brink and you're braving the elements and oh my goodness. Um, a couple of years ago, we were trekking out to a glacier. Mm -hmm. So you're up and down and all sorts of elevation um but when i was younger and i was still in university i tore my acl playing basketball right. i had it reconstructed and it's been quite you know hasn't given me much trouble but i had tweaked it a few weeks before we went out on this mission and um you know i, I didn't really think much of it i sort of let it peel i took some time off and then i was ready for this big adventure and this is a um, 20 kilometer backcountry like tour ski into, you know, this. Not, not something you should have <laughs> with a bad ACL. <laughs> I retore it on that trip. Ouch. Um, and I retore it in the first three hours. And I'm so stubborn that I will never, I'm almost, I'm, I'm bad to a fault. Like I, I won't give up. And I think, you know, it, is, is different when you tear your ACL the first time it's, it's, it's kind of a world of pain, but yeah, yeah. considering you're tearing through like a graft that was made like that, the pain was there. Absolutely. But it wasn't quite at the same level. And so I kind mm -hmm. of just continued to go. I knew that it had gone, but I was like, I think I'm okay. I think we're going to be all right. Um, but we ended up staying out there for 17 hours. Wow. <laughs> so by the time we ended up trekking back and I mean, this is well into the night and you know, you're exhausted number one, because you, you know, just the exertion to get to the spot itself and then trying to find the compositions and the different things that you want to shoot. It was, it was pretty full on. And then, you know, on the way back to the car, it was, that was where it sort of like hit me, you know, it was a, it was, it was really a struggle. Um, but it's, you know, I was able to capture some of my most impressive sort of glacier type shots and it's something I'll never forget. And it's also, you know, just another example of sort of, you know, when you're in the outdoors, you kind of find out what you're made of. And so yeah, I was proud of, I was proud of that moment to be able to push through and 
not have to make the people that I was with turn around because that's the other part of it, right? You never want to. Yeah, you don't want to cause somebody else to miss out. Yeah, yeah. and I'm always with, I'm always with the guys. And so I just, you never want to be the weakest link in the group. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was a moment I won't forget, but one of the best photography moments I've had in my career, I think. Mm, Cool. Yeah. Talk to me a bit about the planning for some of the, you know, in particular, a multi-day trek. Uh, Are you looking at weather conditions months in advance or are you, you know, doing it on the spur of the moment and saying, all right, looks good, let's go? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we try to book um, some of the more desired or, you know, if we have a certain shot or, or whatnot that we hope to achieve, of course, you know, you look in advance and there's very short summer season here in the Rockies. And so Mm. based on summer, based on fall, you know, you are looking of course in advance, but I really feel like the weather systems change so radically here. And so it's mostly sort of last minute, you never know what you're going to get. And sometimes, I mean, we just go anyways, because that's part of the adventure. Um, But definitely that's the biggest challenge. Um, But no, I feel like I'm always kind of going out there with some sort of idea of what I would like to shoot. Um, But when you arrive, you know, I feel like when you really survey different landscapes that you've never seen before, like I feel like different opportunities sort of present themselves. And so I often feel like what I aim to capture, what I hope to capture isn't really the shot that I come back with that I'm most excited about. And so I think it's just leaving that room to be, you know, surprised. Um, But also I just feel like when you're going into these places, it, a lot of them are kind of more scouting type missions. It really requires the return and, you know, coming back again and again to really sort of know the landscapes and and how they sort of ebb and flow with weather and whatnot. So. Okay. So when you're in the field, are you, um, yeah, what's your process for sorting out which comp you're going to target and which one you're going to go, yeah, it's good, but not what I want, or it's, (laughs) It's the classic, and so I want something different. How do you how do you go about you know sorting the wheat from the chaff? I guess I don't know. You know, I, like I said, I, I work a lot with with color and post processing, and so I guess you know, like I don't shoot a lot during the day. I mean, I, I will for more of the documentative style, you know, images that I like to achieve. But sure. um, you know, I'm, I'm working mostly with, with sunrise sunset and I do a lot of astrophotography as well. And so normally when I'm in the field, I'm sort of eyeing up during the day, what I hope to achieve, you know, with the imagery in those, in those specific times, but certain mountains, um, speak more to me than others and just like shapes and textures and whatnot. And so I feel like they all have to sort of align to make me really excited about capturing an image. So, I feel like that's something that you really discover when you're there. It's something yeah, I yeah. hard to really like describe. Um, there's some planning, but I, I often, yeah, work with what, you know, the landscapes are throwing at me. So. Okay. Do you have a plump for the classic shot because it's the classic? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> I think we yeah. all do. <laughs> like I feel, I don't know, especially when you're returning to some of these places time after time again, like I, you know, I, I do have that classic shot for sure, but it's never really the shot that excites me the most. And so, yeah. um, as I mean, I get, I've only been shooting now or being, you know, photography for just over four years. So it's not wow. that long. And so I still feel like I'm developing and I'm still feel like I'm 
you know, deciding on what it is that I, you know, all these things that you're asking, I feel like there's, there's certain things that I'm still discovering about myself. And as I become more versed and as I go out more, I kind of little things sort of present themselves at a time, but um, yeah, I have the classics, but I, they're not my favorites. <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough. So how did you uh, go about learning your photography and in, in particular, I guess, you, your processing? Was that something that you've uh, sort of spent a lot of time at, you know, uh, trying to pick up the technical tips from various places or, you know, any formal yeah. education or anything? Um, I mean, I, I did a lot of tutorials and so, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with creative live, I believe it's called. Yeah, I am. Yep. I, I did a lot of tutorials through that when I was, when, you know, first beginning. And so that sort of yeah. taught me fundamentals and different, you know, how to use like the, the software. Right. And then yeah. I think the rest of it was sort of the trial by error and sort of developing your own technique. But, um, I'm a bit of a funny, like when it comes to editing, if it's something that's really personal to me, it takes me forever. And I'm a little bit of a perfectionist by nature. And so, you know, nothing's quite ever good enough. And so I sometimes will agonize over images for months at a time. And then sometimes, you know, it, it comes very naturally and very easily, but um, I have to be in the right type of mood. I don't know what it is, but yeah. editing for me is very, um, I don't know, I have to be connected to the work and I have to be in that right mindset to be able to sort of bring out the best of what I want it to be. Um, so yeah. so that sounds like you're not sort of uh, getting the camera home, dumping them and getting straight into it. You, you leave them gestate for a bit and think about them I before do. you get into yeah. the edits. I do. Um, there was a time when I first began that I was dumping and editing. Right Everybody away. does, I think. When yeah, but now, yeah, I feel like it's a much slower process. And, you know, my partner, he dumps and edits the same night and he can turn out and edit within, you know, 10 minutes sometimes. And I'm just like, I like to take my time with it. I like to, you know, let it come to life. It's, it's, it's really interesting how different people work and, and mm -hmm. you know, what they are able to sort of achieve. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely a bit of a slow, slow burn. I like to let them stew a bit. <laughs> Have you ever hit a creative wall? And if so, how did you handle that? Um, I feel like I did. It was probably a good six months um, where I, I feel like it had a lot to do with my outside circumstances, how busy I was with work. And mm -hmm. um, there, there is that period of time where you sort of feel that imposter syndrome or you feel like maybe the decision that you made to sort of live this lifestyle that wasn't really encouraged or supported by people, um, you know, might fail. And so I did struggle there for a while. Um, and it was more the outside, I think, occurrences that kind of um, came into the creative part. And so I actually, it's funny, I never stopped shooting. Right. I always would still go out, but I didn't want to edit and I didn't want to produce anything and I didn't want to show anybody. It was all yeah, kind yeah. of for me. Um, and I think that it really, I felt better or I kind of turned the, you know, came full circle when I moved here, okay. when I finally found a home base, because when I was first left home and travel nursing on the road, I was living out of my suitcase for mm. three years and essentially wow. going from one job to the next job, to the next job, 
without, you know, I would go home to Manitoba and visit, you know, friends and family now and again, but I would spend most of my time on the road and I didn't have, um, you know, you don't have those friendships with you when you're in these new places, you have your, your work colleagues and whatnot, but you're never really in a place long enough to really formulate those connections, those longstanding connections. And so I think that, um, I was just getting to a place where I was tired and, and sort of desiring that, you know, settling into one spot kind of mm. feeling. And when I came to Canmore, um, it was literally within a month that I sort of met this creative group of people that are now some of my closest friends. And um, I feel like that really turned the corner for me because not only were they people that were doing this full time or that, you know, understood what I was trying to achieve with my own goals and yep. my own you know, dreams. Um, but they supported, you know, they would look at my work and they would critique and they would say, you know, you really need to pursue or you need to do this. Or it was just that helpful sort of like, you know, the, the feedback that you would get from individuals that really sort of helped me, I think. So I'm fortunate, you know, I don't know what would have happened if I would have went, you know, quit the travel nursing, went back to Manitoba and just work full time as a nurse. I wouldn't be here. I don't think I really feel like it, was just fortunate circumstances and timing that sort of yeah pushed me on so cool what do you think you've learned about the world through photography oh gosh um seeing beauty i guess right where you don't necessarily like Uh see it or, or look for it before i don't know it gives you appreciation for for the world as a whole and just like what we're just so many things are changing so quickly, right? And the population, global warming, like there's so many different things that all come into play with these landscapes. And mm. especially seeing, you know, when we talk about glaciers and, you know, we often are out on these kind of, some of these areas they say aren't going to exist anymore in 50 years. Oh. And so this yeah. um, feeling like you're seeing this place for the first time and maybe the last time. And I think yeah. it just gives them overall appreciation for, for what used to be and, and how the world is changing and how it's affecting these places. And yeah. You talked a little bit about printing. Are you printing yourself or are you using uh, a print service to create um, prints from online sales and so forth? I would love to get into printing eventually, but right now I use um, other, you know, organizations or companies. I have one actually that I use in Quebec. So right here in Canada, and then there's okay. a couple, closer to home that I use as well. But um, yeah, eventually, maybe one day down the road, it would be nice to do your own printing services, but it's just not something I have the the time and the commitment to at the moment. So sure. I think it's a bit of a, a black art as well, you know, knowing oh, exactly how to, how to, how to prep for printing and, and, and so forth. Definitely. I feel I- like when you go to these print shops, and, um, you know, speaking to the individuals, like you have to have a real passion for it. And, Absolutely. and I, I don't, I don't have that. I have it for creating the work, but not for printing it. And so I'll let the experts handle that portion yeah. for now, <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day down the road, but for now, not for, not right now. Yeah. Okay. What do you see as being the biggest challenge facing photographers right now? Oh my gosh. These are good questions. <laughs> well, as a newbie photographer, I don't feel like I'm answering them to the, you know. Oh, you, you're doing fantastic. Um, I feel like 
in the industry and and as a young photographer um and being someone that is still evolving i feel like um it's not an easy lifestyle to come by you know like it's it's pretty challenging to get the value for what you're providing sometimes and i feel like you kind of have to fight tooth and nail for every little thing and absolutely um, yeah i think that's the big the biggest eye opener for me coming from a stable income and a stable job and um is is that how to make the lifestyle work and how to live financially you know independently you know without having to worry too much about paycheck to paycheck um that's the biggest struggle right now you know finding clients that actually value the work yeah totally um but otherwise um i'm not sure what else i could say that like i said that's sort of the thing that i'm consumed with the most right now i feel like it's it's beginning to happen and i think that's you know time spent and that's you know, blood, sweat and tears and just building a portfolio around you. Right. And also the testimonials, maybe from clients and working with you in the past. Um, but my partner has been in it for 15 years and he still sees, you know, extreme ups and extreme lulls. And um, yep. it's challenging. I'm sure that you, you're full time, I would assume yourself. And I am I now yeah, since since yeah. November last year. So, OK, yeah. So I feel like that's the you always have to be inventive and you're always absolutely you, know, you really have to think outside the box and, and um, getting that passive sort of stream of income as well, I think is very helpful. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite thing about being a photographer? I think it's just what I've gone through in my life and what it's taken me to get here. I think it's just this feeling of, of finally being able to pursue what I'm passionate about. It is, you know, following whatever the calling, that little voice in your head that I ignored for so long. Mm -hmm. I think every time I go out and shoot, it's just, um, I don't know, this re reassurance or, or confirmation that I'm right where I need to be. Um, maybe that sounds a little bit cliche, but I just, I love every second I'm out there. I am shooting every, almost every other day. And I mean, mm -hmm. I've been doing it, what, for four and a half, almost five years, but that's never really left me. And so I feel like when you're truly passionate and you truly love something, like, I just feel like that's all there is. And so, yep. um, you know, it takes me to some of the most incredible places I've ever seen. It, it pushes me to places that I never would have thought possible or never really would have thought of, you know, going to before. I just, I don't know. It's, it's an experience all in itself. So I just feel really lucky to be able to found it and be able to be doing it right now. And just the fact that it's starting to, to, you know, go well. <laughs> so, That's right. yeah. what's, what's your least favorite thing? My least favorite thing. Um, there's sometimes when you're out on these, you know, excursions that aren't quite fun when you're getting rained on and when you're stuck in a tent, you know, <laughs> in a thunderstorm. I hate thunderstorms. Um, you know, and just like I think it's the elements, right? It really is when you're in the outdoors, especially when you're in landscape. It's it's not really that much fun sometimes. And I feel like yeah, yeah. not many people realize that you you come back with a pretty picture and I think it's the most amazing experience of your life but you might have trekked 100 kilometers in a couple of days to do that and your feet feel like you're going to fall off and your blisters are bleeding and i don't know there's so many different things right there's there's a lot of challenges that go along with photography um and so i feel like sometimes in the moment 
I hate being cold and I hate being wet. <laughs> but when you come back and you look through what you, you know, were able to capture it sort of, they call it a type two type of fun. And in the moment you're, you're hating everything about what you're doing and you ask yourself why, <laughs> why you do this. And then you yep. come home and forget and decide you want to do it all over again the next week. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like to do when you're not out shooting? Um, I'm still quite uh, physical. I'll, I'll, I'll do a lot of sports. I still, um, I still swim. I still, you know, I do a lot of cycling. Um, I think it all revolves around sort of that mountain lifestyle. I do a lot of skiing or run, you know, like I, I think that's just such a huge part of my life and something I've always been drawn to. And um, so I always kind of go back to that when I, when I need that kind of rest. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing really is just sort of being, keeping active and trying to stay healthy and um, you know, making sure that you're spending time on the relationships. Cause I feel like that's something that's also a challenge. And maybe I didn't Definitely. think of before is, you know, when you're full on with your business and it requires a lot of sacrifices and a lot of kind of compromise. And you really have to focus on maintaining those relationships outside of that world that don't necessarily understand it. I feel like they can fall by the wayside very easily. And so, um, yeah, trying to make sure that you're focusing on that because they're important. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Who are particular photographers that have caught your eye recently that uh, you think I should be talking to on the podcast? Gosh, I mean, talk about creative vision and somebody that absolutely makes um, beautiful, you know, visionary work is Cass Smart. But whether you'll be able to actually get yeah, her on the podcast. I've re reached out, still, still haven't been able to uh, snag her yet. <laughs> and let me think who else. Um, my partner, I would say, actually, he's quite oh. inspiring. <laughs> His name's Pete, Peter O'Hara. I get him now. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. That? He's Don't in the plot right now, actually. Is he? Oh, okay. Yes, wow. he he's doing a video project there at the moment. And so um, with him, he, uh, he does both photography and videography, but he worked in the television industry for, I don't know how many years of his life and then decided that you know, he needed a change and moved out to the mountains and is sort of like starting brand new again, I would say, because all of his connections are still in the city and, yeah. you know, TV in comparison to adventure or landscape sort of, you know, stories is, is very different. So um, he's got a really interesting story and probably a lot um, of insight and sort of guidance and whatnot to give, especially to new people that are, you know, starting off. Um, yeah, definitely big so thing. People that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many. <laughs> I could really go on and on. But no, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I've only got one more question, and for a lot of people, it's probably the most important one that uh, you can answer. Do you like pineapple on pizza? Oh, my goodness. Why does this question keep coming up? <laughs> <laughs> I hate pineapple on pizza. <laughs> but I'll pick it off. I'm like, it's funny. I'll pretty much eat anything. I'm not really that picky, but... Um, I would never order it for myself, but if somebody orders it beside me, that's what I'll do. I'll pick it off and, and eat it, but mm -hmm. I'm not a, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird one combination. What about you? Um, <laughs> I won't order it, but if it's on a pizza, I won't pick it off. So that's fine. That's if so the funny. pizza's yeah. there and I'm eating it, I'll eat it. Pizza's pizza. It's just the fruit, that's right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I quite, to be honest though, um, 
I it, it's a uniquely Australian thing, but uh, there's two things you get on a hamburger here that you probably won't see too many other places. And if you get a hamburger with the lot here in Australia, it comes with egg, bacon, cheese, lettuce, no pickles, but you'll get beetroot and you'll also get a slice of pineapple, which has been fried on the grill with the burger. Well, that's kind of neat. And that's uh, neat. yeah, it's a, it, it's a, a meal in a in and of itself yeah but yeah, uh, i do remember the beet it's been a while since i've been to australia but i feel like there's beetroot and everything um <laughs> but i never saw the pineapple on the side that's that's an interesting one we like our pickles in canada so yeah uh, i'm more partial to pickles but <laughs> yeah fair enough well it's been wonderful uh having you on the show jenna uh where can people find what you do uh, well, they can find me on Instagram. I'm there at JD Lee. I, I'm not posting there often, but you can sort of get a general idea of what I love to shoot. And, you know, if you're inspired by mountains, there's a lot of mountains there. Um, I'm on Twitter. I do have a website at hellojennadixonphotography.com. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, maybe in a workshop near you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank, thanks again, Jenna. Thank you. It was really a pleasure. It's nice to meet you. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon. Mm -hmm.